What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, my virtual bestie. It is April. It is Q2. We are out of those weird, depressed months of January, February, March. Like the days that one day it'll be sunny and you have hope and then the next day it's dreary and frigid and rainy. I hope we are out of that and I am ready for spring to be sprung. I hope you guys are doing well as well. Not gonna lie, if you've been following me on Instagram, you'll probably know this, but my depression has been hit hard. (laughs) Um, Turns out I have been depressed for a few months now at least, according to my therapist. Probably even longer because I've only been going to her since August or September, I believe. And I have actually like a whole episode on this about me finding out like I've been diagnosed with depression and that will come out at some point. Um, It's a pretty in-depth combo, so I'm going to save it. But basically, I like am accepting and acknowledging that I have depression and that in itself and trying to like work through it and trying to get better is really hard. If you're interested in knowing all the details about that and seeing like if you relate. I have a post on that. So you can find that in my mental health and emotions guide. I believe it's in like the part two one. I have a part one and a part two that's just filled with all of like my mental health posts from the past year. Speaking of guides, if you are interested, I have tried to make a collection of all of my posts on various topics and put them into guides on my Instagram. If you would be interested in looking at them, I have some on mental health, play, training reflections, training tips and things that have worked for us and just like some dog mom humor, some of my more like funnier reels or things that are just relatable and goofy. So if you are in need of any of that type of content, you can go to my page and check out the guides. So we have capped off our dog-inspired career paths and businesses series, and I loved doing that, but I am so excited to get back into talking more about the everyday life and everyday journey with dog owners, talking about reactivity and behavioral issues and training and behavior and their emotions and mental health while they are training their dog and dealing with like guilt and just all of the different stuff like that. That is my my bread and butter. I'm super excited to get back into talking about it before I just get on a on a large ramble and um, introduce our next guest before I, you know, forget, I am going to go through my happies and crappies. I feel like you guys probably already know this, but my crappy is just my mental health at the moment. It is an everyday struggle. It probably doesn't sound like it whenever I'm talking over the microphone because honestly doing the podcast and interviewing people and talking to other people on this like really personable level is what gives me a lot of energy and journaling out my feelings and just talking about it like that has been such a huge help for me and it actually recharges me a lot and so that's probably why I sound so energized but don't be fooled before I recorded this I actually took a three hour nap so It's a balance, I guess, um, but we're, we're working through it. My happy this week has been that my communication about my, my struggle and my mental health has been a bit better. It could be better than what it was, but it's, it's a step forward, I guess. And so I am going to celebrate my courage to open up a little bit more about the depth that it actually is and not just grazing the surface of telling people so that they can understand and actually be there to help me and support me because I know that they want to help and support me but how will they know 
to what extent or what level that they should be there if I don't let them know. So that that has been something that I have been actively working on. It's been it's been better. It could it could be better, but it's been better. And so that's a step forward and I want to celebrate that. I've also had some really good play sessions with Layla over the past week. So I'm just really happy about that as well because she deserves all the little play sessions in the world. After this, I'm going to go play with her and I'm really excited about it. So like I said, this week's guest is probably a little bit more of what my guests were like at the very, very beginning of this podcast. And I'm just really excited to get back into that area of the podcast. This week's guest is Rachel, and she has a Primbrook Welsh Corgi Chesapeake, aka Chessie, and they live in the suburbs of Philadelphia and are very active in training and dog sports. Rachel thought she was set up for success when getting Chessie. She had went through a reputable breeder, had lots of friends who had trained dogs, and was already very active in the dog Instagram world, and she had also done a ton of research. So even though she had had this idea in her head of what it would be like to bring home a puppy and had a very good support system built already, she realized it was nothing like what she thought it was going to be after her and her fiancé brought Chessie home. The decisions they made with Chessie's training, specifically doing a board and train at a younger age, had some negative side effects on a friend group she had made and she quickly saw how easy comparison can creep in. This episode is going to be for anyone who has ever been told that they are a bad dog mom for their various choices with their dog. And, you know, whether you use an e-collar or you don't use an e-collar or you uh, crate them or you don't crate them or you take them on off-leash hikes or you don't take them on off-leash hikes or you always have structured walks or you always do... Uh, decompression walks, like whatever the case may be, this episode will probably resonate with you if you've ever been told that you are a bad dog mom or somebody made you feel guilty for whatever you choose to do with your dog. It's a great reminder that you know your dog the best and that you know what's best for you and them and your all's lifestyle as a whole and don't ever let somebody make you question that. If this episode resonates with you and if that message as a whole resonates with you, be on the lookout because I am coming out with a shirt that has that whole message tied up into one pretty little cute design that says bad dog mom because I took a poll and over 50% of my community on Instagram said that they have been told once or twice at least over the internet that they were a bad dog mom based off of the various things that they choose to do with their dogs. So (laughs) be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited. It's probably been the fan favorite of the shirts that I'm coming out with here soon. I think that wraps everything up. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and we are going to get into it with Rachel. It is no secret that we all get stressed out sometimes, and I will be the first to say that sometimes I get stressed because of my dog, whether it's we're out for a walk and something happens or somebody runs up to us, or maybe I just have a lot of meetings throughout the day and then Layla is being super needy, so I get very overstimulated. I feel like we've all had those moments. When this happens, I like to have a little routine where I light a candle or do some aromatherapy. Maybe I'll get my journal out and ready to write. And then I grab my phone and go to the Open app. Open is a mindfulness studio and app that features a variety of classes in meditation, yoga, Pilates, and breath work. Right now, my favorite is the breath work. You can filter it to be the time of day. So maybe in the morning, I will do some breath work or a meditation to give me more energy. And then at night, I will do something that calms me down a little bit. 
I especially love it because it is so aesthetically pleasing to look at and they also have new classes uploaded every day. One of the coolest features is that you can do a live class and invite a friend and you can do the class virtually together. I would love if you joined me on the open app and you can get a 30 day free trial using my code DMM30. You can find them by searching on the app store open dash a mindfulness studio or go to their website, go.o-p-e-n.com slash dmm30. And of course, the links to all of this are in the show description. If you do decide to join, please make sure to use my code dmm30 for a 30-day free trial. Hello, everybody. Today we have Rachel, who is the dog mom of Chesapeake, aka Chessie, a cute little corgi. I swear she's like the fluffiest corgi I've ever seen. I think she's really, really cute. Um, and I'm really excited to chat with you today. So, welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Okay, so I really quickly want to start off with just how you are doing, how Chessie's doing. I saw that she's in heat. Yeah. It's her first time. So yeah. So um, I'm good. You know, work's been like on the slower end. So I'm like really happy about that. And yeah, so Chessie got her first heat. I knew it was coming. Like she was acting so weird. And like, I was like, the day it happened in the morning, I was like, I swear, like something's happening. And then like later we were actually getting ready for agility class. And I was like, oh my God, she's bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I actually didn't even have diapers. So I ran out and got some and I was like, we're not going to agility tonight. We're just going to take like a nice like rest and relaxation night tonight. But we actually got washable diapers and they've been so much better so you know she's like a little bit crankier and I can tell she's probably a bit uncomfortable but mm-hmm. all in all it hasn't been too bad so good so it's a new experience for sure yeah, that's that's definitely a new experience so we actually got Layla spayed before she went into her first heat which I know there's like big debate on like what you should do and whatnot um I would probably do it differently if if I was doing it now but we never had to experience that, which I'm a little bit thankful for. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, we knew we weren't going to spay Chess until she was after a year old, like at mm-hmm. least. We knew we, knew we were going to have to experience this at some point. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just, we're just dealing with it. It's just fine. It's part of life. Like yep. I already talked to her agility instructors and they're like, Hey, you can bring her in a diaper. It's fine. So oh, good. Yeah. I was going to ask like, if you can't take her since she's in heat. No. So you cannot go to a trial if your dog's in heat Okay. for classes. Like they're created most of the time when we're not doing like, you know, our run or like our practices. So, um, or she's just like on leash with me. So it's not like she's running around rampant. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So they're like, as long as she has a diaper on, she's totally cool to come. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I've went to a few fast cats trials and, um, I like Layla wasn't in them, but I was watching a few other dogs and I noticed that before they run, they like have to ch- be checked to see if there's like any blood or anything like that. Um, along with just like checking to make sure there's no injuries, of course, but I, I was wondering if that was still the case for practices as well. No, no. So yeah, I spoke to both. We do two classes. Um, we're insane, but um, <laughs> yeah, I talked to both of them and they're like, yeah, she's totally cool to come in a diaper. So I'm glad about Good. that. But Monday was just like, it was so new for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, we're staying home tonight. We're good. Your dog mom instincts were like really kicking in, I'm sure, since you were like, I know something's going to happen. Like, what yeah. is wrong? <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, you know when something's mm-hmm. going on. Like, I spend almost, you know, every like day with her. I work from home. So, like, we're always around each other. And I just knew something was going on. And I was like, yep, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. Also, I have to tell you, I love your decorations that you have in the background of your office. <laughs> Thank you. The working dog and the little chunk. It's really cute. Um, 
have you ever heard of Maxine the fluffy corgi? Yes. On Max, I mean, yeah. So she did this, well, her dad did the collab mm -hmm. with Oxford Pennant and um, my sister actually got them for me. Like, oh, they're so cute. And I was like, I love them. They're like, just <laughs> and I felt like the working dog was so like perfect for them. Yes. I love it. I love it with it's the like cute little like bright, make me feel a little better when mm -hmm. I'm like, I yeah, I like the colors. Yeah, so brave. For, for those who don't know or, or want to know what we're talking about, it's like these cute little designs. They're like pink, yellow, orange. They're really bright. They're really cute. So actually speaking of your sister um, who, who got you those decorations, I first want to talk about your expectations before getting a puppy because from what you've told me, it seemed like you knew exactly what to do and your sister is really well-versed in dogs. Um, she, for those of you who don't know who like Lizzie is or who Rachel is, uh, so Rachel's sister, Lizzie is Obi the Aussie pup on Instagram. Um, and they're, they're well-versed, they're well-known, I would say. Yeah. Um, so what were some of your expectations before getting a puppy? And then how did Chessie prove you, prove you wrong? <laughs> I mean, okay, so, like, some of the expectations I had, like, based off, oh, my gosh, Jesse's barking. It's okay. <laughs> it's a dog podcast. Lizzie loves trick training with Obi. That was, like, a huge thing. I mean, even still now, like, it's a huge thing. So, I was, like, that's going to be so fun. And mm -hmm. body training is going to be easy. And our schedule will just, like, magically fall into place. Um, and, like, just puppyhood in general just will be, like, this fun, like, phase of life and like it's just going to be like cute pictures and videos yeah. <laughs> like oh my god like look at the silly puppy antics and it was not that it wasn't at all and like I know that people don't like this but puppies are like newborn babies like mm -hmm. they are like you know they potty training and like you know your schedule is something that you have to create with them like it's this completely new thing and like trick training is not as easy as it looks like a puppy's attention span is like five minutes or five seconds like you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> and like for me um the puppy blues were really real like that was real for me and that was something that Lizzie never experienced and she was like I loved Obi as a puppy and I was like I'm gonna love Chessie as a puppy and then I was like oh my god this is fucking hard yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so like Liz brought Obi home at the like height of COVID. So I mm -hmm. really didn't get to see those like early puppyhood stages with him because like we were still like, you know, we were quarantined. Yeah, quarantined. Like we weren't, you know, visiting each other. Um, you know, even though people may think we do, we do not live together. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so like, you know, like I didn't see all of that like starting out and getting the schedule and potty training and like I also didn't take a lot of time off when I got Chessie and looking back I feel like I would do things completely differently like I take at least a week off mm -hmm. um, because I had taken off like a long weekend we went down on like a Thursday brought her home on Friday and then I had the whole weekend with her and then Monday but that was just not enough time like at right. all it was not enough time because then I like went right back into the work week and it was like, oh my God, now I have to balance this whole, like I have to work. And then I'm also like caring for this baby puppy. And I was just like, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. Um, I would just like break down and cry. Like I felt like, what the fuck did I do? My cats wouldn't come out and see me. I was just <laughs> like, this is hard. This mm -hmm. is hard. Like, um, I also think that like, because I kind of had like an insight on like the Instagram dog mom world, everyone like kind of like makes puppyhood seem like this glamorous, like fun, exciting, like, oh my God, they're so cute. Like, look at all the cute pictures. And like, I didn't really see anything that was like, dude, this is hard. Like this mm -hmm. is like some days I just like want to crawl in a ball and not leave like my bed or, you know, like potty training is just not going well today. Or like, I feel like I can't leave my house and I'm like tethered to it now. And like the schedule, like when does the schedule start? Like, how do you make this? So mm -hmm. I definitely was like, it was a lot harder than I thought and like definitely got easier for sure. But um, yeah, those first couple of weeks were just like, 
it was just, yeah, a lot. It was definitely a lot and it just wasn't what I was expecting. I kind of like built it up as this like, oh my God, this is going to be so fun. I'm so ready. And then it was like, oh my God, this is like having a newborn baby. So I'm dying. Right. And like, I think it's, it's, I like relate exactly to, or so much to everything that you said. And like the, you know, you come in thinking that like everything's going to magically fall into place and like nobody gives you a rule book for like how to set up your schedule or like how to do this or that because every dog is so different. Like there can't just be like one generic thing, but it does help to see other people's experiences and hard times so that you know that you aren't like completely failing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was just a bit of a different experience and like got easier, but those first couple of weeks were so hard and, um, definitely proved my expectations wrong. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I bet. So you mentioned a little bit about, uh, like having these training dog moms or like Instagram dog moms that you had met, um, through Lizzie and then like just through Instagram in general, I'm sure, uh, during whenever you first get on Instagram, I know I just like followed a ton of accounts any dog that looked cute, any dog that was into training. I was like, okay, follow, follow, follow. Can you share about how this and like the friend group that you made through Lizzie actually led you to feeling more pressure socially and personally while having Chessie as a puppy? Yeah. So like, I mean, kind of going back to my like last answer. So I wasn't really around Lizzie in those early like puppyhood stages. And then like, when I really started like you know, being around Lizzie and Obi, it was after his boarding train. So like my experience with him was like, oh my God, he's this perfect puppy. Like he's so well-trained and blah, blah, blah. And so like, I kind of had this unrealistic view that I was like, all right, we got it. Like I had just signed up for puppy foundations classes before she came home. Her boarding train was booked before she came home. Like I was like, oh my gosh, you were crazy prepared. Crazy. (laughs) Um, Crazy prepared or crazy. Um, Yeah. So I was like, we're going to be golden. Like we're, we're good. And then like, we also, so we also didn't bring Chessie home during COVID. So we also had so many like resources to take advantage of that mm-hmm. like that got a dog in 2020 didn't really have access to at the time. Like, so we had the puppy classes, we had puppy socials, yes. we able to take her out to public places, whether that was like Home Depot or um, like even a brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did all of that. Like, I was like, we're taking advantage of this. Like, I want her to be, like, kind of immersed in the world because I feel like that was, like, really beneficial. And even looking back now, like, I think, like, in, you know, putting her in those, like, social environments, like, whether it was, Mm -hmm. like, at my parents' house with, like, not even, like, my younger sister has two dogs as well. So, like, you know, being around and going to, like, a family barbecue and, like, just being around different dogs, like, Mm -hmm. at a young age, like, helped her, like, be so socially neutral. Yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was super helpful because like she kind of caught on to cues like at a super young age. Like, you know, like when a dog would be like, hey, like, I don't want you to play with that. She's like, ah, okay, got it. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. But then like through that, like, because I was like, you know, and she wasn't fully vaccinated. And like, I realized that, but like when we brought her to a brewery, she was on a mat or she was in someone's lap. And when we took her to Home Depot, she was in a cart. Like, you know, we did same things safely, but I still didn't feel like I was like, I don't know, like doing that in a negative way. Like, I think I was doing it safely. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I felt like the shift from this like friend group that I had made through Lizzie is like, hey, and they would like send these like side-eyed comments, like, wait, how old is Chess again? Like, is she fully vaccinated yet? And I was like, mm. no, she's not actually, but I think we're fine. Like, you know, I'm not putting her on the ground that's like in a dog park. You know, I wasn't like putting her on the floor in the Home Depot. And it kind of like, kind of like made me double think like what I was doing, if I was doing things the wrong way or the right way. And then like, I don't know. I just felt like I was being judged for it. And that was like my first kind of like experience of having like a negative, like side effect from the social media thing. Right. It caused you a lot of self-doubt. It sounds like. It definitely did because like, you know, you obviously want to do the best for your dog and like, you know, your dog best, but Mm -hmm. when people are like sending you like comments like this, it's kind of like, Oh my God, am I doing something wrong? Like, and then like, going into it it's just like 
should I be posting this on Instagram? Like, are people going to judge me? Like, am I doing the wrong thing? Like, am I going to mess her up? Like, is she going to get parvo? Like, I don't know. Um, so like, that was, that was just like weird. That was like, I didn't experience that prior to bringing chess home. Like all the interactions have been so positive. Right. And then it was like, oh wait, like there's, there's not just a positive side to this too. Like people have opinions and you know, they'll share them, but like whether whoever was right or wrong, like it was just like, kind of like, I don't know. It was more of like, it wasn't a conversation. It was, it felt more of an attack almost. I'm like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like less of a conversation, more of like a, this is what we think. And if you don't think that way, like, you know, this or that, I feel like that's a lot of what's been going on between the balanced and the R plus or force free, um, whatever, like, however you want to categorize it. Um, those, those two different like worlds, I feel like it's a lot of attacking. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I think, no, I do think it's getting better. I think like, um, some people are kind of starting to have more of an open mind about it, Mm -hmm. but there's obviously such like a, like a hard line for some people where they're like, nope, will never put an e-collar on my dog. And then there's like, Hey, I don't think I would do this for my dog, but if this works for you and your dog, great, go for it. Mm -hmm. And I think more people need to be like, like that. And not even with the balanced and like force-free training world, just in general, like just because you're doing something and like you wouldn't do it for your dog. And this goes for everything. I feel like, like food, because Mm -hmm. we we can go into that with food too. Like the raw versus kibble debate. Like I do raw. I have friends that do kibble. We're never going to agree on it, but that doesn't mean we can't still be friends. And like, that's, yeah. So, I mean, like it goes for everything, but like, it just, that, so that was my first experience of being like, oh my God, like I'm being judged for this already. And it was just like, oh my, it was just a lot. And then like, and and that was like at the very, very, very beginning of you having Chessie. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, sometimes I would just like mute the chat and that was my way of dealing with it because I didn't want it to affect me like mentally because I can get in my head sometimes and just like, uh, just overthink things. And then like other days I'd be like, nah, she's not, but she's going to be, gr- she's going to be fine. Like mm-hmm. if to like not being vaccinated or something, you know what I mean? So I was just like, eh, don't care. Come well, on. it's good that you have those like coping mechanisms, like muting the chat, because it's, it's, it is hard for people to do that sometimes. Is there anything else that you did to kind of get through that or cope with it? Talking to Lizzie, also just talking to other people and expanding like my community through the dog Instagram world. Like I felt like it was amazing that I did already have this like built in friend group through Lizzie. But then like, after I brought Chessie home, I kind of felt like I kind of limited myself a bit. And then Mm -hmm. like, reaching out, following others, like, you know, just starting conversations, like, even by just liking a post or liking a story and just sending them a DM and being like, hey, like, oh my God, like, did you deal with this? Especially like the corgi world, like, yeah, the corgi world in general is like almost a bit like, once you get a corgi, you're never going back. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, like just like finding other corgi moms and like connecting with them and be like, did your corgi do this? Like, how was this for you? And just like kind of branching out and finding my own circle was so helpful too. And like having more people to talk to and connect with was like Mm -hmm. another super like good thing for me to like cope with that, like feeling kind of judged by this like friend group I felt like I already had already made. So yeah. And I think that's really brave of you too, to just like go ahead and reach out and, and ask the questions because for, for me, and like, I feel like a lot of people too would kind of just shut down. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely something that I've had to work on with being braver and more vulnerable. I also think that I didn't want to limit myself to like, just like knowing people through Lizzie. And mm-hmm. that was the other thing. Like I needed to become like, this is my dog. She's not Obi. Um, she's a completely different breed on top of it. Like I do not have an Aussie. I have a Corgi. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I just wanted to find people that I could relate to and like, kind of like get myself out of that, like initial circle. So, 
and like be my own person in a sense. Yeah. Do you think that's like something that you've developed over time just by having a sister? Well, you're you're twins, right? Yeah, we're identical twins. So I think that's something over the years that we, you know, have had to develop, like, you know, not being dependent on each other. Like Mm -hmm. we used to be so dependent on each other. And then like, you know, we are now husbands and like, you know, we have, we have a lot of the same friends, but we also have some of our own friends. So like developing our own person and like being able to do things apart. And so like through that, it, I mean, that's what like motivated me to like kind of meet more people like on my own through Instagram. Right. That's such a good skill to have. Yeah. So you mentioned to me that part of the reason that you wanted a puppy in the first place was because your husband was working opposite hours from you. And then you were working from home from COVID. And so you felt really alone during his, or during the off hours, like when he was working and and you were at home, but then you also felt alone when you started like feeling judged by this friend group and you were going through the puppy blues at different times than, than your friends. So can you describe how these types of loneliness Lonelinesses? Is that the, did I say that right? <laughs> Can you describe how, how these different types of loneliness were different for you? <laughs> great, great podcasting skills on my part. I can't say words. Yeah. So before we got chess, like Ian, Ian's a chef. Um, so he works crazy hours, like weekends always and late nights. During the week, he would get home relatively early. So that was fine. But then during the weekends, like he was always gone, but I was able to like deal with that by filling my schedule with like things that I could just do. Like I would plan brunches with girlfriends or like, go out on a Friday night. And if I wanted to get out of the house, I could. So I like, wasn't really, I didn't have like a tie down schedule. Like if I wanted to get out of the house, I was like, Ugh, I need to get out of here. I'm feeling like, Ugh, I just need to like talk to people. I could do that. So even though I was like, it was very lonely, like obviously missed him and like right. was around more. I still had opportunities to kind of like go do things and like didn't have us anything. Like I had the cats, but the cats are pretty like self and, you know, dependent on themselves and like you have to feed them breakfast and dinner. But, you know, it wasn't like I had to be home 24-7 for them. Right. You were really missing out on a companion though. Yeah. So when we decided that we were going to get a puppy and then we researched the breeds and everything and was like this is going to be perfect like I'll have a little buddy like she can go out with me and it's going to be great and then we brought her home and Ian still had the same schedule and I was like oh my god I have a newborn baby that's a puppy (laughs) um and it was like I couldn't just do whatever the heck I wanted anymore I was tied to the schedule like I had to focus on potty training and crate training and like let her out multiple times a day. And I couldn't just like leave the house for like five hours and be like, oh, she'd be fine. Like Mm -hmm. she's fine. Like I couldn't do that. So now I was tied to the schedule. I was tied to this puppy and I was all alone. And it was such a different experience. Like versus like not having a puppy was like, oh, I can go out or I can Mm -hmm. like run errands or like browse target for like five hours and <laughs> matter. Um, but I couldn't do that anymore. And so it was like, it was hard. Um, and then like having this friend group, we were like, I obviously like they were there, like when we decided what breeder we were going with and when we were getting our puppy and all of that, like bringing her home, so excited, talked all the time. And then like, I felt like I brought her home and I was like going through puppy blues. I would get in these like just depressive like spells and be like oh my god and I'd like reach out and be like you know it wasn't even like a help it was kind of like I just wanted to talk to people and it would just be like nothing or like they'd like a picture and then they could just heart it and I'd be like okay like now I just like what the heck like I don't have anyone and no one's responding and I felt even more alone because I felt like I had built the support system for myself and I was like so ready and they're like They'd been through the puppy stage before. And then there was like, we brought her home and I like lost that. And I remember there was one night I was cooking dinner and um, like, I enjoy cooking. So that was like, that's like my kind of time to like zone out. I'll put like music on Alexa and just like jam and like, just like an hour to do like nothing. 
mm-hmm. you know, after bringing Chess home, like it would be like, of course she had to potty every time I'd start cooking dinner. Just major inconveniences. Oh yeah. So it was like first week I brought her home and I like started dinner, put some like olive oil in a pan, turned on the stove. Little girl's like, need to go potty right now. Well, that like five minute potty session lasted like 20 minutes. Of course I forgot about the pan. Oh my gosh. I came back inside and it was on fire like just on fire. I was like, what the heck? Oh my God. (laughs) Threw water on it, which like, if you don't know, don't do that because (laughs) like makes the fire 10 times bigger. And I like the smoke alarms going off. Chessie's like crying. She's like hiding. I'm like bawling my eyes out. Like what the heck did I do? And your husband isn't there. No, of course not. I'm just like, I'm going to die. Like I, that was very exaggerating, but I was just like, I broke down. I just like got on the floor and was just sobbing my eyes out. And like, I was like, I'm not, I didn't cook dinner that night. And um, Ian's like, you're never allowed to cook again. (laughs) I like reached out to them and I was like, I just like lit my kitchen on fire. And they're like, ha 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 ha. And I'm like, yeah, like, no, but really like, I'm not well. And it was just like, I got nothing back. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, it hurt. It hurt so much. Like made me upset. I felt alone. I felt like, you know, like I just didn't understand what I was doing wrong. Like, I don't understand. Like I felt like I had done something and I didn't know what, and it just felt so judged. And I just like, I'm not a person that's going to ask for help. I'm not going to be like, Hey, like I'm literally like drowning here, like lift me up. But I just kind of like, that after sending that they would be like are you okay and I didn't get that and of course then I called Liz and she was like are you okay? I'm like not really but I'll be okay this is just one day it'll get better I know that but it was just that was like the first real like oh my god they aren't really there for me like I thought they were and that's when I really realized that I needed to start like reaching out and like to my friends, like my actual friends, like my, my friends that I have, yeah. not just my IG friends and like, all right, I need to just like do it. Like, and Chessie can be created for an hour and like, mm-hmm. you, she will be okay. You will be okay. Like you need to take time for yourself too. So, right. so yeah. So like I learned how to deal with it, but it was, it was such a different experience like, versus having Jesse and not having Jesse. And those feelings of loneliness were so different. Well, like you said, you weren't really looking for help, I guess you could say, because it's not like they could come to your house and watch Jesse. Right. But like, you were looking for that listening ear. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't take a whole lot <laughs> personally or what I think, but I know that's a really, really hard thing to go through because it does make you feel just less alone in all of this or more alone in all of this. Yeah, it did. And it was hard and it hurt. And I, I, maybe I should have been a little bit more, you know, but we, we always do that, right. We Mm -hmm. always go back and we're like, oh, maybe I should have just been like, Hey, like I'm struggling here. Like I'm just looking for a little support, but then like, again, that's not who I am. So I just like, I'm not like that with like, at least not with those people. Like, like with Lizzie, I can be like, Hey, like, I'm dying here. Like, give me a call. Like I need support or like, you know, like one of my best friends, like, I don't mind doing that. I'll send them a vent sesh. But these were like dog moms. These were the people that I had built like this little dog mom community with. And I was just like, out of all people, maybe they'll get it the best. And I didn't get anything from them. And it was just like, cool. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, it was kind of almost like Chessie wasn't meeting your expectations and neither were these people, which ultimately sucks because it's like you're getting the same thing over and over and over again yeah it was like a double whammy yeah (laughs) yeah so it feels like it was just like you said a double whammy I feel like that's the best way to describe it honestly because it's like you're getting hit with it again and again and again yeah I I've felt like that before I am a like I take things very very personally even Mm -hmm. if somebody's problem. Like I wasn't responsible for it. I just like take the blame. I'm like, what did I do wrong? How can I fix it? I'm very much a problem solver. And like, that's something that I'm trying to like work through, but I have had moments where my fiance would come home and he would like say, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. Maybe he like lost something and I would take it on to myself to try to find it. 
I would, even though like I wasn't the one that lost it, I had no idea where it was. I would like go beyond measures to find it. And I feel like that has happened with Layla before where something happens with her, like she gets triggered by something and I do everything in my power to try to fix it. But at the end of the day, like I can't control everything in life. And I've had those moments where it's just like thing after thing after thing, it feels like the same action is happening to me or like the world is putting like the same problem on me um, or the same experience. And I just get those reoccurring feelings. It's a bad feeling because it just keeps happening. And it's like, what do you do about it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm like a little bit like that. I think I've worked through it a little bit, but like even today at work, I like my boss was like, oh, like, how is this going? Like, so-and-so said this. And I was like, oh my God, like, did I do something wrong? Am I getting thrown under the bus? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Okay, that's, that's me overthinking. Like, we're fine. I'm fine. It's great. Like, yep. she's like, you're, you're good. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, you just like, I'm like, did I do something wrong? Or like, how do I need to fix this? Or mm-hmm. like, I'm an overthinker, like, and I get my head sometimes a little too much. And right. it's just like taking that step back and being like, no, no, you didn't do anything. Like, you're fine. You're yeah. going to be fine. But yeah, yeah, that's something that I've learned a lot in therapy is like how to cope with the personalization of problems, even though they're not my fault. <laughs> So kind of going back to the friend group that, that you were talking about, um, you got some, some judgment again, when you decided to send Chessie to a board and train at a younger age than like what people normally send, uh, their, their dogs to. Um, and I'll be the first to say that I feel like the owner knows the dog the best. They like know what's best for the dog. Um, and so if you felt like Chessie was ready at a younger age and the board and train was all for it, then go for it. You know what I mean? Um, but you did receive some backlash from sending Chessie to the board and train, uh, I think four or five months old is what you said. So how did you overcome that negativity and judgment from others? Yeah. So we sent her off at four months old and, um, I feel like the average age is like closer to six months old. Okay. So that's enormous for people when they think like board and train, they're like no younger than six months. Like that is kind of the standard. But like you said, I definitely knew Chessie the best. Um, I was with her all the time. You know, I was a huge part of her training journey prior to the board and train. And I felt like really confident in that decision. But I also had like all of these amazing resources available to me too. So I had Puppy Foundations at Opie Barks. It's an amazing, like the amazing trainer um, that we go to. Um, and it's local to the Philadelphia area. And then I also had like a really good relationship with the person that did Chelsea's board and train. You know, so if we were struggling with something, I could ask questions in class that week at like um, puppy school. And then if we were struggling with something at home and I wasn't going to class right away and it was going to be a few days until we went, like I would just send videos or like a voice message to our board and train trainer and be like, Hey, like we need help with this. Like Mm -hmm. I knew the level we needed to be at in order to send her off to board and train. Like I knew the boxes that needed to be checked. So I was like really working on those. So we didn't work on trick training right away. We really focused in on like, that recall and sit and that stay and place and down, like those were things, those were like the five major things that we really focused on, mm-hmm. which like, I wasn't, we, we taught like some cute tricks here and there for fun, like just to like, you know, more of like, it's fun for her and fun for us to like, kind of, you know, break up that monotonous, like boring right. it five times, like, let's go. But, um, I wanted to make sure they were so solid. So she was so ready to go to board and train. So I actually, and I even had the opportunity to talk to Tom Davis prior to sending her off. Um, That was an opportunity that I got through Lizzie. And so obviously I took advantage of it. Right. And, you know, like one of my questions to him directly was like, hey, like, you know, I know you can't say like a certain, like, you don't know the dog and you don't know my dog, but like, what would you say? Like, what would you say if a person's like, Hey, what, how old does a dog need to be in order to go to a dog, a board and train? Like not mm-hmm. even dog, 
puppy. And he was like, you know, we stay six months, but like exactly what you said, you know, your dog best. And if they have solid, like sit solid stays, like recall did not need to be solid, but it needed to be known. Like it mm-hmm. need, Chessie needed to know what come then. Like that was all we really needed. Like she didn't have to listen to it a hundred percent of the time. That was why we sent her off to board and train. Right. Because you know, the board and train kind of we reinforces that they teach that work on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so he was like, yeah. So if you feel like your dog's ready and your trainer said like, let's go, then go for it. Like that's a great age to like start out. And it's, if you can start out that young, like why not? So mm-hmm. I was like, awesome. We're doing great. Like, I feel like we're in a really great space you know, I sent her off and we obviously got tons of like videos back and stuff. And (laughs) it's just, I feel like I keep going back, but it was just like nothing. I'd send them in the group chat and I would just get like crickets back where they just wouldn't say anything. And then like, I was just like, what is going on? Like, I felt like we had definitely, like they were distancing themselves from me. And I just like, was like, what the fuck? Sorry. But like, honestly, it was just like, what is going on? And these were people that supported balanced training. So it wasn't even like we had different views on training. It wasn't like they were force free or like, you know, didn't believe in the e-collar. Like they wholeheartedly believed in it. And I was just like, why am I feeling so judged for like making this decision? Like clearly I would not have sent her off if she wasn't ready. And her trainer wouldn't have like agreed to take her. If she right. wasn't. And even like my trainer at OP Barks would have been like, she needs some work. Like maybe mm-hmm. we should like another session before she goes off and I am so I feel like I am very open to taking back like constructive criticism Mm -hmm. exactly and like if I need help with something or she needed help with something I'd be like yeah tell me we'll work on it like I I thrive with that so like I wouldn't have gotten upset. I would just be like, yeah, okay, we need to wait a bit. It's fine. It wasn't like I was in a rush to get her away. Like wasn't it wasn't that. It was just like it worked our with our schedules and our trainer was like, yeah, we can take her at four months. That is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I remember so I actually spent my birthday um during well, I didn't spend my birthday. My birthday was over the time that Chassie was at board and train. Okay. That day was like really hard for me because I didn't like didn't hear from this friend group. Um, I didn't have my dog. Ian was working like super late that night and I was just so upset. Like I was just so upset. Like I felt like I had like lost this community. I didn't know why I missed my dog so much. Like I just remember I like cried about it that night and I was just like, why am I crying? This is so stupid. Like you don't like even know these, like I knew these people, but it wasn't like they were like friends that I see on a daily basis. But I felt like we had built up such a great friendship. And I was just like, so upset that like, I felt like I was losing them and I had no idea why. Mm-hmm. And I was like angry and sad and hurt. And I just like, I struggled with that um, a lot. And I, I never did ask like outright what I did, but I did ask Lizzie. And Lizzie told me it was because I sent Chessie off so young to a boarding train and they didn't agree really? with my decision. And I just didn't think that was fair because we all make, you know, the decisions we think is right for our dog mm-hmm. and then to like hear that and like to be judged for something that like they don't have any control over and I wasn't harming her in any way. I was bettering her life and like it just made me take a step back and be like, all right, well, I, I guess we kind of need to reevaluate this and like. I just found myself beauting in the group chat, like almost 24 seven, I'd like hop in there, like here and there and like chime in if we were talking about like a movie or a TV mm-hmm. show, but I never really got like back into it again. And I really found myself reaching out to more people on Instagram, building more of a community for myself. I know like, not everyone likes the meetups, but I did go to a couple Corgi meetups in the area. Yeah. I think those are actually really, really cute and really fun. I know they get some hate because typically they're held like in a dog park or a fenced in area. And I don't bring Chessie to dog parks, but she is like so socially neutral that I didn't feel like it was going to hinder her in any way. And it was a good opportunity for her to like hang out with some dogs. And like, you know, if I saw something was going like, ugh, like, but people are normally pretty good about taking their dog out if they're not right. like behaving. So that was I felt comfortable with that, but like, you know, so going to those and meeting more people locally and just like kind of building that like community for myself. I just like, was like, yeah, I have other people. I started, it's like, it was fine. And then 
I don't know. So I think separating myself from that group was just like the best way to stop those like feelings. So like negative with the decisions that I had made, it was hard. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like these people I talk to all the time every day. And then like, it's, you know, you, you all have, we all have people that we do that with. And like, it's, you feel like you lost something. You know what I mean? No, you do. Yeah. You definitely feel like you lost something because they were such a big piece of your life for so long. Yeah. You know, so we still talked occasionally and we still were friendly with each other, but it definitely wasn't the same as it used to be. I feel like a lot of people probably go through something like this, especially on Instagram at some point, um, (laughs) throughout their, their dog Instagram journey. Yeah. Whether it be like a decision like yours or like balanced versus force free, or I've even seen recently that there's like some drama going on about a trainer or like shops and just all of this like kind of stuff. Um, and so like, I feel like people do go through this probably more than what you think. Yeah. And so it sounds like you, your plan was, you know, to mute, to find your own people, build up your own community. Um, but really just be like reevaluate and be conscious and intentional of when you do talk to these people. Do you have any kind of other like tips that you would say, like if somebody else was going through this, like, do you have any other tips that you would give them? Just like start reaching out to other people. Like even like just people that you've talked to like here and there, like just, you know, DM them or like, if you relate to someone like reach out because you Mm -hmm. just don't know what type of friendship you're going to form just through that like initial DM. I feel like I am a very open person and I don't mind reaching out. Like I am not shy and I, I don't mind like being open and sharing things. So like, I don't find that hard for me and I know it can be hard for other people, but like being able to do that and just like talk to other people. And even if it was like, Oh, they made like a cocktail, like I'll DM them and be like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. Love it love a good cocktail or like, uh, you know, like their corgis doing something that Chessie does. You're like, oh my God, Chess does that all the time. And just like, it might seem so small, but like, those are like those, that's a way to like start building friendships with other people. And I felt like that was really important for me. And just like realizing that I wasn't just like tied to this one friend group. Like I was able to like be a part of other ones and like, I'm sure they were too. So I don't Mm -hmm. know why my head so much about that, but I felt like these were like the OGs and then they weren't anymore. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I think that is like such a tangible, good tip that I feel like somebody listening to this is really going to take that away. And I hope that they, or that you inspired them to reach out to someone new. I hope so. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also going to say this, I feel like some of that negativity and judgment was because of the things that I was able to get through Lizzie. I feel like there was definite, like, I want to almost say enviness. Like there was just like a bit of like, I was able to take advantage of things like because Lizzie was my sister mm-hmm. that they were just like, why? Like the connection to. Yeah. To the mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, connection through other things, like being able to have these advantages were like, obviously I am not a large account. Like I am not right. as as her. And like, why was I able to take advantage of these opportunities and they weren't offered to them. And it was just like, I felt like that brought on some of the negativity as well, but sorry, like I'm going to take advantage of those. And like anyone would though, mm-hmm. I feel like having those opportunities, like, especially to talk to Tom Davis and we got our e-caller and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'm going to take advantage of that. And like, that shouldn't be, I shouldn't be like, I don't know, like shamed because of it. I feel like everyone's going to take advantage of an opportunity if it like, if it's presented. Yeah. And if it's presented and those were things that like we needed any, not that that we needed to talk to Tom Davis, but um, the e-caller we needed. So I was like, yes, please like Mm -hmm. give it to me. So, so yeah. So I feel like there were just like some mixed feelings about all of that. And I didn't feel like it was fair though, because, you know, we have, you know, I was going to take advantage of that. And if Lizzie was offering it to me, then yes, please. So do you think communication, just like more like clear communication could have been better, like could have helped? I 
maybe, but it it's was so like, hard over Instagram. So that's like is. such a weird question to ask, but it is weird. And it's like, you know, they, they did outright ask like about like the e-collar and the Thomas Davis thing. And I was like, because of Lizzie and they were just like, Oh, and it was like, that was the end of it. They didn't ask any questions. I could kind of tell the conversation was over, mm-hmm. but it was like, be excited, please. Like I shared it because I was excited about it. And they like, and then I felt like I was being shamed. Like I shouldn't have taken advantage of that opportunity. And it was just like, I don't know. It was weird. Before our last question, I want to talk about something a little bit different that you do that I've never seen another dog do or like another dog go to, which is farm dog school. So if you could just give a quick rundown about what farm dog school is and what it teaches. Yes. So farm dog school is our favorite thing ever. And we're so lucky and I don't want to rub that in, but we are pretty lucky to have it. So what it is, is it's a immersive training um, adventure program okay. that OP Barks offers. And um, OP Barks has three, well, technically four facilities. They have three training centers, one in Quakertown, um, Pennsylvania, East Falls, which is like in the city, like right outside, and then one in Old City. Okay. And then they have Farm Dog, which is a 10-acre farm that's- wow. um, partially fenced in and then not like it's all fenced in but then the 10 acres are like like fenced in but they can just run off leash and it's a structured day of like training and walking and hiking um they have a you like a uh like a four-wheeler kind of thing like mm-hmm. not four-wheeler but the you know like one yeah. of those yeah, trucks um, that they like run out on the trails and do- the dogs will just like chase it from behind. So they built this program and um, typically like a dog has to do a two to three week program before they're allowed to be a farm dog. So they have to go into this training program to kind of um, be conditioned to the e-collar if they're not already e-collar trained and kind of like work into the pack and um, kind of learn like the life of like the farm dog life and like Mm -hmm. manners recall all of that so they can like be safe right and um which I love they don't just like take anyone so like they're really like specific um which is how it kind of makes it different like because it sounds kind of like a doggy daycare thing but they are so structured about it that's that was a huge like plus for us because I didn't want to ever send Chess to a doggy daycare Mm -hmm. but this because it's structured um I love that. That just, it seems like the perfect thing, honestly. It is. So Chessie was already boarding. She already had her boarding train. So we only had to do a eval week with them, which was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And she, I dropped her off because I'm pretty local to the farm. So mm-hmm. I do look off, off and they also do like, but they also cart um, dogs from the city. To, oh, wow. That's so nice. Um, for people that live in the city and can't drop the dogs off at the farm. They do that. Um, so she went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, she was there from 8.30 to 4, and she kind of just, like, learned what a farm dog was, and, like, how to be a farm dog, and see if she fit into the pack, and if she would be a good fit, or she even liked it, because, who knows, she might have mm-hmm. hated it, um, and then, like, once that was over, we were, like, kind of invited to be a member of farm dog, and so I sent her, like, either every week or every other week it kind of depends what we have going on like I used to send her Mondays and Fridays but we have agility practice now on Mondays so I if I sent her to farm dog and then we did agility she would be so tired she'd be so tired (laughs) and agility would be like non-existent so that would be there so lately we've just been doing Fridays um but it's like a great way for like me to have like the day to just like do work and not have to worry about her but I also know like while she's there she's going to be working on that recall she's Mm -hmm. going to be around structured dogs like her day structured they send them they do midday naps and they can feed them lunch if you so choose to like you know when we started bringing chess there like around seven months old it was like six months old um we were still feeding her lunch so they'll feed them lunch and like, or you can bring like a bully sticker or chew if they want to have like a chew during their crate time. Um, so farm dog really just like works on like the unique needs of like your dog and they help like build confidence and just like social neutral likeness around other dogs, like how to be socially neutral and not like 
you know, so they have a lot of programming dogs that also come in that are working on those things. Like if it's a shy dog, like how to be more confident with mm-hmm. other dogs. It's like a dog that's kind of going to be a little bit more resource guardy, like how to work around that and like, you know, get, you know, kind of work through that. So, um, we love it. I love it so much. I I'm love jealous that work there and just like feels so good knowing that like when we drop her off, she's going to be so tired when we bring her right. home. That's amazing. But also she's not just like running like crazy with like dogs that you don't even know. Like all these dogs are e-collar trained and they're, they like Chessie's a mentor dog and she's not even a year yet. So that makes me so proud and means I did something right. But like, she's helping other dogs be the best versions of themselves. And like, that's just so cool. So we love it. We're actually throwing Chessie's first birthday party there. Oh, that's so fun. That is so fun. I'm like, I'm really jealous. Yeah. So it's an amazing program. I can't tell you how many like DMs and like messages I've gotten about it because people are like, first of all, what is this? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, how did you find it? And like, how can I do it? And I'm like, just reach out if you're local, like reach out. Yeah. Reach out to like the trainer, like ask, like, you know, set up an eval, do something like, because I recommend it to everyone. Like, it's amazing. I'll put their link in the show description. Um, and so people can, can look at that if they so choose to. Yeah. Because we love it. It's amazing. And just like I said, like, I don't know, it's a dog being a dog, Mm -hmm. but in a structured environment and that's what we want for them. So yeah. I love that. So last, but not least, what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? So dogma mentality kind of means like, so I think I sent this to you and like one of my answers was yes. going through puppyhood, like it was hard. My expectations were kind of like thrown off and stuff, but you know, like looking back now, I, I've also learned to like realize to like enjoy those little moments of like mistakes and like mishaps. Cause one day, like I'm going to look back And it's almost so soon that she's not going to be a puppy anymore. And like, I'm going to miss all of those days. Like, I'm going to miss those times like that. She was like a little like crazy puppy and like, you know, didn't know recall or how to do any of these like amazing things. And you know, your dog best. Don't let other people tell you otherwise. Like if you feel confident in what you're doing and it's showing like, you know, it's showing at farm dog, it's showing at like at home and showing in like the out in public, don't let other people like tear you down. So like just remembering that, you know, your dog best and you're doing the best you can, like, and whether you have an off day or an on day, or like you need a day where you're doing nothing or a day that you're like, go, go, go all day. Like that's okay. It's okay to have those days. And like, just remembering that like, you needed to do what's best for you and your dog and just no one else can tell you anything different. So that is an excellent answer, especially coming from someone who did have a lot of judgment put on them over several different instances. It yeah. sounds like, so I really appreciate that answer because I think it's, it's really good and super applicable to a lot of people. I think, you know, like Instagram can be a crazy world. We can receive judgment for things that we think we're doing right. And like, you know, I think, you know, taking those into consideration, like, you know, kind of like thinking, okay, could I have done that better? Or no, you know, what? it's less mm-hmm. the best way. Like you're going to get opinions. This is a social like platform that's pub. We are kind of putting ourselves all out there and we're like, allowing the public to kind of judge us not judge us but we're allowing them to view have like a view into our lives so like being open to that like because you know and taking that with a grain of salt also like not taking it yes so remembering that like people don't see your 24 hours a day they're seeing this tiny little snippet into your life and like not letting it get to you because it can it definitely did to me um there were days that I was just like didn't want to even open Instagram because it was just, I was feeling burnt out and it can burn you out. There are, I'm just like, I'm not posting today. Like that's not different. And that's totally okay. Totally okay. Yeah. But also remembering like, it can be a fun thing and you can meet so many amazing people and like us meeting and like just the community we have built for each, like ourselves. Like, I think it can be a really great thing. Um, as long as you don't let it affect you like too much, like Mm -hmm. taking it 
this. Yeah. Because it, so. it, if you do take it too personally, um, and, and let it get to you and overthink, it can lead you down super bad path, <laughs> a deep, dark hole. Yes. So, well, yeah. thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I think this was a really great conversation. Can you tell everybody where they can find you and Chessie? Yeah, so we're on um, Instagram at Chesapeake underscore the Fluffy Corgi. And we're also on TikTok um, at Chessie underscore the Fluffy Corgi. So that's where you can find us currently. Okay, perfect. And I will drop the link to your trainer, OP Barks, in the show description. So if you're interested in that and in Farm Dog, then you can check that out. Thank you so much for coming on again. I really appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.